I am so excited to dive into today's guest interview. We have Sierra Leland with us, who is someone that I met through the body coaching world. If you guys are familiar with Beachbody, we're both coaches and we were able to connect at one of our annual conferences. And it was just such a joy to be able to connect with her because we do have this journey of trying to conceive and also this sisterhood through Jesus. We're both Christians and loving the Lord and being able to navigate that with our spouses and with our families and all the questions and things that come up with it. I was hearing a little bit about her story and I realized she has got to share that with the rest of you guys. So I'm going to let Sierra introduce herself and tell you guys a little bit more about her history. And then we're going to dive into the topic of miscarriage. So Sierra, go ahead and take it away. Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey, provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I It has been really fun to just kind of connect with you over the years. And so I'm honestly just really honored to be on here chatting about this. So yes, my name is Sierra. I am currently in Rochester, Minnesota, up in the tundra, originally from central Iowa. Married my high school sweetheart. We've been married for 10 years now, and he's kind of been on this medical road, uh, medical school, and now we're in residency right now. We have a four-year-old daughter. She is our one and only. And so I guess today we'll kind of be talking about our journey on how we've been trying to add to our family and kind of the struggles that have come along with that. And it's just been kind of a journey. So. There's kind of two parts to our history with this. And so I think today we'll we'll probably focus on the first half. So I have experienced two miscarriages. Um, my first one was in May of 2021. And then after that, it was about six months till we got pregnant again. And then I miscarried again in January of 2022. And then since then, it's just kind of been... 18, 19 months of this trying to conceive journey. And so I've, it's been interesting because I've had like two totally different experiences and like different types of struggles with miscarriage and different lessons that the Lord's taught me through miscarriage and that type of grief. And then this different type of grief and longing through the, the second, the second part of my journey and trying to conceive. So I guess I don't know if that's kind of like my overview flyover of my history, I guess. Yeah, no, that's so. First of all, I did not know that you are married to your high school sweetheart. And I love that. <laughs> I'm like such a sucker for like those young, like teenage loves. And then you like actually turn into grown up love and you're like, oh, that's just so beautiful. 
always wanted that story, but I, if I had met Josh in high school, it wouldn't have been, he wasn't a Christian yet. So I want to worked out for us, but yes, I love hearing more about your story. I think that there's so much obviously to unpack and just being able to navigate what God has taught you through that, because it is unfortunately common with women to experience miscarriage. And it's interesting, this pregnancy that I have now, I was chatting with some girlfriends yesterday. I've just had so much more anxiety. And I don't know if it's because it was just natural conception versus like IVF. It felt like a little, I don't know, more controlled environment. But so I, while I haven't experienced the loss, I had like a total breakdown yesterday of just like, if that were to happen, because that's the reality of navigating motherhood in general is whether it's from conception all the way until our children are grown and out of our home, we don't have control over life and death, right? And so as mothers who want to protect, who want to love, who want to nurture, that's very difficult to not to face that reality of potentially happening, but then to then face the reality of it actually being your reality experiencing it and navigating that. So let's dive into that a little bit more. Can you explain like what was the difference between the two, where you were at, what did God do through that journey and just kind of dive into how you were feeling and and what he what he did in your heart during those times. So my first one, well I remember like when I would get got pregnant with Navy, you know, ignorance is bliss, just total positivity. I had known plenty of people, even like my sister who had terrible pregnancies and like not good labor stories. And so like, I knew of things that could go wrong, but I just didn't let my mind go there. I just wanted to be this positive poly and, you know, just not even waste my time thinking about what could go wrong. And so again, with my second pregnancy, you know, same thing, like everything's great. I remember feeling, you know, symptoms of nausea and I was like eight weeks going on a spring break trip and, you know, feeling nauseous and eating all these snacks. And, and I remember kind of around that eight and a half, nine week mark, my, my symptoms kind of tapering off and thinking, oh, that's weird. Like maybe I'm just getting lucky with my nausea going away earlier and amidst my first trimester, like that's kind of weird. And then I made it to 11 weeks and that's when I had started spotting and I hadn't had any checkups yet, no ultrasound. I think it was like within that week that I was supposed to have my first ultrasound and I had started spotting. I freaked out, you know, texting my friends and they're like, I don't know. And so that later that night, it picked up into a flow and I called the doctor first thing in the morning and they're like, why don't you come in as soon as you can? We'll fit you in for an ultrasound. We'll check things out. And I just remember sitting, thankfully, like Devin was able to cut, my husband was able to come with me to that ultrasound. And I just remember seeing the baby there lifeless and just being shook to the core because, you know, when I first saw my daughter on an ultrasound, she was like a jumping bean, just so much life. And so seeing this was like, I just knew immediately it was not it. And so that first experience was just kind of, I remember being shocked. I remember feeling really numb towards God. Like, I don't remember feeling angry towards God, but I just, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to pray. It's like, what's done is done. And I'm just kind of stuck in this terrible place. And I'm about to like go through this journey of grief. And I know nothing about grief. 
And I feel like I kind of learned a lot about my personality and my, like, I feel like in that year, <laughs> the Enneagram was really big. And so I was kind of learning about, oh, I'm, I'm mostly an Enneagram seven. And, and so I'm known for kind of like running away from my feelings for suppressing my feelings. And the cup is always half full. It's never half empty. And when you come to a, a life experience like this, it's like, no, the cup is empty. Like there's no half full here. And, and I have to figure out how to deal with this. And so, but, you know, thankfully, like I grew up a Christian, I had this really solid foundation of faith. And like, I knew that there was hope in scripture. I knew that, you know, the Lord wouldn't abandon me here. Like I knew all of these things, but I still just felt so numb. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to listen to like worship music. I didn't want to read my Bible. I was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to sit here and be still. And, and, you know, the Lord knows he, he, there's always a way in how he comes to find you. And that for me, that's always kind of been through worship music. And, you know, if there's ever been a season where I'm kind of drifting off and getting out of my routine of being in the Bible, like it's always through worship music that kind of brings me back. And so I remember driving to the grocery store with Navy at the time. She was almost two and she was requesting me to turn on the radio. I'm like, here we go. Like, I'm about to break. (laughs) And I turn on the radio and I remember Faithful God by I Am They came on. And uh, like the battle belongs by Phil Wickham and just both of those songs and those lyrics just like really just you know it just broke me like that was the first God was telling me you need you need to come back to me you need to bring this to me you cannot carry this burden by yourself I don't want you to carry this burden by yourself you need to come back to me and so you know that's when I just I broke down I started letting myself grieve more and that was like the first experience where i learned about grief i learned about lament and honestly how the church doesn't really the churches i've grown up in didn't really talk about grief or lament a whole lot and then that was something i kind of had to learn on my own yeah but you tell us yeah. a little bit about well first of all sorry for the tears <laughs> i'm not sorry but i'm like okay yeah <laughs> i'm just an emotional mess over here listening to your story and what god has um brought you guys through but Explain a little bit about what lamenting is for those that maybe have never heard that and kind of what did you do now that you were kind of broken open in a sense where God like had exposed the wound and you were like, okay, here I am sitting in the feelings now. I'm no longer, maybe you didn't feel numb because you were finally feeling those feelings. What did that process look like? What do you feel like were the first steps from going from that place of like, okay, God's calling me back to actually building that relationship or or healing that relationship or just getting intimate again with the Lord. What did you do? Because so many women are in that space of I'm just numb and I don't know how to bridge that gap. Yeah. I think one of my friends encouraged me to read. A, I don't remember which passage, but it was a passage in Lamentations. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've never read this book before. I just remember like one, I have to stop suppressing what happened and just, you know, distracting myself with my worldly, you know, responsibilities and being a mom, like those are there. 
but I have to create space and make space and create time to sit in this and actively pray, okay, God, like I am broken. I have nothing to give. I am so sad and I hate feeling sad. And I just need you to kind of help me learn from this. And I feel like it was, it was the first time I was kind of, I knew it was okay to cry. Like, but my personality was never cry in front of people, never cry in front of in public. Like, and so I kind of just like learned that it's, it's healthy to cry, like so healthy. And, and he just doesn't want us to carry that burden alone. And so just to simply come and acknowledge that this is hard and that this is not how God wanted it to be. This is not what he originally planned. And he is coming to make all things new. And so I think originally it was just coming back to the word, reading that scripture and being reminded like in Revelations 21, four through five, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And, and so I just being kind of like remembering that was like my first glimmer of hope is God didn't intend for this to happen. It's the reality of living in a broken world that sin comes and then just entangles every part of anything that is good. And so just to have that one like piece of hope to be like, okay, God's going to take this away. And he's in the process of making things new right now. He's making this new heaven and this new earth, and this is not going to last. And because I have that belief, I can have that hope that can kind of pull me. I don't want to say like too quickly out of grief, but it's a stronghold. It's a foundation. It's a rock on something that I can stand on, even in the midst of like pain and suffering. Sure. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And what did that experience going through when you experienced it the second time? How did your first experience kind of impact that happening again? Did you have those fears when you found out you were pregnant again that, okay, what if I miscarry again? How did you navigate that? And then again, navigating the actual miscarriage, what was that experience like the second time? Um, yeah, I I remember when we got pregnant, being excited, you know, for like those first initial days. And then, you know, the fierce creeps in and, you know, the worry and the anxiety of, you know, a repeat happening. I remember being guarded. Like I wanted to be joyful in the gift that I was currently carrying. But I also was very aware of things that could happen. And so, yes, my heart was guarded. And, you know, when it happened again, this time around, you know, after you've had your first miscarriage, usually they try and get you in for an earlier ultrasound to check on things earlier. And so I remember going in for my eight weeks this time and there was no heartbeat. And I just remember being like, ah, like why? <laughs> like, I don't, I remember like being on the phone with my parents and thinking, I don't deserve this. And Navy, my daughter doesn't deserve this. Like she is the most loving, 
little girl. She's going to be such an amazing sister. I want her to be a sister. Like I felt, you know, you're tempted to think like God is withholding this gift from me. And I also remember like, if this wasn't meant to be, why is he allowing the pregnancy to take place? And I feel like I was questioning God more the second time around. So I feel like I kind of just like went back to, thankfully this time around, I, I remember I wasn't numb, but I was kind of actively like in prayer, actively in scripture, like trying to just actively trying to find comfort because I had, I'd been through this before. I didn't want to get bitter because that just like ruins everything. It ruins your attitude. It ruins your relationship with your family. And I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go down that path. And so I'm like, I have to fight this with truth. And so, you know, it's just going back to lamenting and like, you need to sit in your grief and, and no one, it doesn't matter what your personality is. It doesn't matter how busy you are and what responsibilities you have. I think it's important for everyone to create time to sit in their sadness. And even if you do have littles at home, for me, that looked like, okay, one, I'm going to sleep in a little bit to like heal because like physically things are going on. And two, I'm going to take this time before my toddler wakes up to cry. <laughs> like um, I'm going to cry. I'm going to journal. I'm going to pray. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things I could share. Sure. Here, but... No, that's so good. And I, I, I want to kind of touch on that question that you asked God. I think it was it the question like it was just a few seconds ago, but the question of like, why is he withholding this from me? Was that what you asked? I feel you asked a question that I was like, oh, let's touch on that. Yeah, was that... totally. Yes. It, yes, I okay. did ask that. And totally okay. relatable trying to conceive in general, right? Right. Uh, so what was that? I mean, like even especially you're like, OK, this never happened before. And then now with Navy, you're like, I know what the the joy of being a mother is experiencing this little personality. And you know that each kid is like that, right? So you're like, how do you release that, move on and kind of wrestle that question with the Lord and answer that question so that it doesn't like keep you from not having a relationship with the Lord anymore? Right. I think this is like one of the hardest questions like anyone can wrestle with is like, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, that type of question. And I feel like it's something <laughs> I don't. I think we just have to keep going back to the world is broken. Like when, like it is when sin came into the world, things were not just everything got screwed up. And so I don't believe God made this happen. I don't believe he wants things like this to happen. Yes, he's almighty and he can, he can answer big prayers and he can do those things. And so I don't know. I think it's something we could like always wrestle with, but I think I just had to keep coming back to, even if I don't understand God, I can still trust him. Mm. Francis Chan has this analogy in his book, Crazy Love. If God is the ocean and our brain is the size of a pop can, and we just scooped up a little bit of the ocean in that pop can, the vastness of the ocean that is left is God and his mightiness and things that we will not understand and we'll never be able to comprehend. And 
And so even if I can't understand all of that and his ways and how his ways are higher than my ways, even if I can't understand that, because of what he's done through scripture and through history, I can still trust that his promises are true for me and his promises are that he will never leave me or forsake me. And he can bring me peace beyond all understanding. And 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 I would rather just find peace in that relationship and finding this joy in his presence and his presence is fullness of joy and just being able to find rest in that versus being stuck in my questioning and my bitterness that I will never be able to fully understand or comprehend. I would rather release that and surrender that and know that I will not understand, but choose to trust him and let him work his ways in my life moving forward. Yeah, that's so good. And that's ultimately what this it, working out of our salvation is, right? It's just continuing to build that trust in his character instead of our circumstances, which is the tempting thing to do. Okay, so for someone who is navigating loss, miscarriage, what are your wisdom, encouragement, tips that you want to leave them with as we kind of wrap up here? that you wish either you had heard or that someone had said to you during that time that made it such an impact, like whatever it is that you want to leave that woman mm-hmm. who's sitting there in that pain and suffering, like, what would you say if you could sit down and have coffee with her right now? Something I would say for sure is when this happens, these lies start to infiltrate our mind of it's my fault. Like I did something to cause this. Like, what did I do? Another lie is my body couldn't do its job. Like, again, it's my fault for some reason. A third lie would be, God didn't think I was ready for a baby. Like, those are all lies that are so easy to sneak in and to just bring you down further. And I would just say, take every thought captive because that's not true. And and turn to truth because we don't need to go there. So one, it's not your fault. Another other types of like verses that that I kind of leaned on were like Matthew eleven twenty eight is come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Because there's just going to be so many times where you're just like so down and feel so weak and feel like you have nothing left. And like another one, Psalms fifty five twenty two, cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. And and that I feel like when we don't even know what to pray, we could just be like God. Will you just sustain me through this season, please? Other just kind of like practical things. Tell your family and your friends that this happened. I know a lot of people walk through this in silence. Like I'm not saying post this. You don't have to post it on social media. But you, I would say totally tell your family and your close friends that this happened to you because they care about you and they want to know about these important life-altering moments in your life because they want to support you and pray for you through this. Like, you shouldn't have to walk through that alone. And yeah, just kind of like allow yourself space to time to grieve. I feel like especially our culture is, is like, go, go, go. Like, we don't have time to process. We don't give ourselves time to process. And we don't give ourselves the time to be sad or at least, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking for my personality, but give yourself the time to be sad. Journal your thoughts, journal your feelings, journal your prayers, and just like don't bottle it in 
just really bring it to the Lord's feet and surrender it to him, ask him to sustain you through this time. And because it sucks, it just does. And, and it's not something that you're going to forget, but it's something that God will use. He can do something in your heart and grow you and mature you and build perseverance and that your faith will grow through this if you allow him to work in your heart during this time. So don't shut off, don't turn away, don't draw in, but lean in to him and and look for evidence of of God working in your life because he's working. I love that. And that that's so, such powerful wisdom and tips to practically and spiritually navigate this because I think a lot of times the first time that you experience it, you're you're going to be like, how do like the question that you asked, how do I what do I do? How do I go through this? How do I move beyond this? I didn't have a choice. Right. You're resonating with that feeling of like this wasn't my like I was planning for something different, a different result. So now what do I do? Because I'm left with these pieces and being able to go to the Lord addressing those lies because isn't it true the bible says that the enemy is going to be like the biggest liar of them all and so being able to really create awareness around our thoughts that's actually something that i did like a master class on the other week just kind of taking our thoughts captive and what that looks like when you're trying to conceive because that can be the difference between feeling fully like you're just walking in a spirit of defeat versus walking in the spirit of hope and power and peace, which I do believe you can have regardless of your circumstances. And I feel like, you know, you're living that out as well. Any last thoughts or things that you would like to share with the group? I don't think so. I feel like I covered it. But. Awesome. Okay. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And we will have a round two with Sierra. <laughs> in later weeks because we want to dive into her navigating specifically secondary infertility. So she has really touched with us on her journey through miscarriage, which is something that I feel like you can only truly speak to going through that um, as someone who's gone through it yourself. But her journey also includes secondary infertility, not being able to conceive the way that she had with her first. And so she's going to dive into that part of her story, which is a whole different aspect of what God has done in her heart. Um, So make sure that you are subscribed and tuning into the podcast to catch that in a couple of weeks when she comes back for round two. So thank you so much for sharing with us today, Sierra, and just so grateful for all the ways that God has taught you where you can share your testimony and be able to pay that forward and other women can benefit from the wisdom that he's given you during this journey. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcasts at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.